Welcome to the Handyman Pros Radio Show, home improvement and maintenance tips from the pros. This episode, we could have nailed it, but screw it. We could go on for hours. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Handyman Pros Radio Show, where our goal is to help you save time, money, and aggravation. This edition is entitled, We Could Have Nailed It, But Screw It, We Could Go On For Hours, a discussion about specialty tools. To help explain, I'm here with my ever-cheerful co-host and old buddy, John. John, what's been going on this week? Hey, Larry. Great to be here again this week. Um, well, not a whole lot going on this week. I just got back from uh, from Florida. I had to go down there uh, for, uh, for a family matter, but, uh, you know, it was nice to get out of the, uh, out of the cold and get back into shorts again well that sounds fabulous we just got back from a trip to the dc area and it was freezing so it was uh (laughs) not so good but uh speaking of freezing you know it takes us into this show because we've done this series now this is the third part series of our discussion about tools because we're doing this for the christmas season that's right or the holiday excuse me holiday season yep the gift giving season so what were we going to discuss in this third part of our tools? We were talking about specialty tools. Yeah, so I thought, uh, you know, I had a little list here that I put together that we can talk about. And I think it's the next kind of progressive step to uh, what the homeowner needs. And for maybe a little bit bigger projects, make things a little bit easier and, uh, and exciting. Uh, that would be table saws. Talk about some miter saws. A little shop, cleanup. Yeah, a little, a little cleanup as a shop vac, uh, router, and uh, possibly a router table, and uh, so a couple of various sanders. So we did want to just explain to our listeners, we've kind of focused on tools that revolving around woodworking. We're going to do some shows on metalworking in the future. It's just kind of a very different set of tools, I guess you would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's the next, the next step, a little bit bigger tools. Yeah. A little more, you know, a little different. A Welders. Little more power, maybe. <laughs> more back on the more power. So first one we were going to talk about was table saws. Right. Right. You know, one of the things is that uh, if you're going to do some some pretty good-sized projects, that a table saw just really does come in handy. It's an awesome tool to have very precise cuts and and easy to uh, easy to use. Now, what I have... And what I found, because I don't have a great, big, huge shop, is I have a small table saw that I put on a table that we both carry. Yes. You have a tabletop table saw. And we have a tabletop table saw, and I clamp it down, and it works like a champ. Uh, I learned that a long time ago when, uh, when I saw some guys on a construction site that were doing a lot of construction, and all they had was a small table saw. Small little table saw, yeah. And that they had thrown in the back of their truck. I have a similar one. Mine happens to be on wheels, and yep. it has its own. It, it sets up itself, but it's effectively the same one. It yep. just has wheels. Yep, it's like ten inch, twelve inch. It's a tremendous little piece of equipment. So, give some ideas of what the what what do you use the table saw for? What are the advantages to a table saw, say over a circular saw or a, a traditional, say you know what, what I always call a saber saw or circular saw. Well, you get you get more precise cuts. You know, a handsaw, a handsaw, or a, a, a like a skill type saw is is a, is great for the job site. Um, you know, cut big big pieces of wood and things like that. But when you get 
to, down to some real precision. Like if you're building little furniture, you know, some furniture, cabinets, whatever, you really need to step up to a, you know, a regular table saw so you can make some very, uh, you know, some very precise cuts. And you can also, it's, it's easier to rip uh, larger, larger pieces of material too. But uh, you can set it up with, uh, with different gauges and fences and things like that. Yep. So that's probably one of the biggest differences is the ability to do large cuts with great precision. So if you're cutting, I I know I use mine a lot to rip plywood. So if I'm doing panels and things like that, I can get, it's completely with the fence, a fence folks if you don't know what a fence is it's actually a uh, what would you call it? it's, it's a like guide. a wall yeah it's, it's a, a guide. guide it's a wall if you if you will and uh, it clamps to the tabletop of the table saw and it actually gives you a precise distance between the blade and the, the it gives you the, the precise distance of what you're trying to cut so if you want to cut you know 12 inch uh, consistently want to cut pieces that are 12 inches long at, over an eight foot spread on a piece of plywood you can do that much easier with a table saw than trying to do it by hand it just is one of those things that it's very, very nice. And to your point, John, you said if you're doing furniture, I guess we'd call it, what's the precision level with a table saw? Compared to like a, a circular saw is usually what, about a quarter inch, maybe maybe an eighth of an inch in precision? You yeah, get. I mean, you can get down less than a sixteenth and, and even better than that. I mean, now it all depends on what kind of table saw that you have. Right. And they, and they range from, you know, 100 bucks, 200 bucks, all the way to the sky's the limit, you know, if you want a, a German-made, you know, big, huge table saw. But, uh, you know, when you're doing quality uh, furniture and precision cuts, you know, that's that will give you that ability to do that. Any multi-uses you can get out of a table saw, John? Can you put any other blades on it and do other types of... Yeah, you can. You can. You can put uh, what's known as dado blades on it, uh, and then you can cut, you can cut some bigger... Um, let's see how I can explain it uh, some mortise rabbits and things like that um, where you might not have you know we'll be talking about router here in a minute but you know you can do you can you can make some uh, some larger cuts in the wood in one pass in one pass yeah and so like just for instance, like channels channels yeah mm-hmm. dado a dado is a channel it's used to join two pieces of wood together it mm-hmm. actually cuts a notch in the wood which right. allows you to either well do generally a combination of glue and screw as they say put glue in it puts put a screw in it to hold it in clamps it in place makes for a much more secure mm-hmm. uh, mount but it uh, the dado blade is a series of blades and it just allows you to do it in one pass and it gives a very very precise cut against so that's that's one of the mm-hmm. other things you can do other things with it as well you can put any kind of blade that you can put in a circular on it it's just a little bit different i've never seen anybody cut masonry with them but i know it can be done um i have seen metal cut on uh same thing you can do that in a circular saw as well so it's got it's got some variability what else do we have to say about table saws john well you know i it's it's it just really is a very stable it's a stable platform to to do cuts um i mean i think we've uh, probably addressed most of most of what uh what you want to do with it but uh, you know, for any of those people out there that really need that kind of ability, uh, table saw is a is just a, a tremendous piece of equipment. All right, what's our next piece we're looking at? Yeah, so we we're going to talk about a, a power miter saw. Um, this is one of my uh, cutting miters by hand is one of my pet peeves. I know people; some people can do it great, but I you're am not, not one of those I guys, are you? I am not that guy. <laughs> I am not that guy. And I tell you, I think one of the, I always say one of the best inventions it seems like that it was ever created was a power miter, because you can really get precision miter cuts and and uh, and, and 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 chops off of off of that uh, that piece of equipment. 
that uh, that you just can't get anywhere else. Yep. I mean, I, I know I use and mine quick. a lot, even when I'm doing framing. I'll use mine if I've got an l- extended period where I'll set this up, you know, and you can get you get down to that eighth inch or below uh, level, and it just makes for a better fit and finish. I mean, yeah. even even on just framing lumber, I, I I've just found I use it, and you can jig it up. So to get to, to help our audience explain it, explain what a miter saw is, John. Well, you, you know, when you look around your house in the corners, things are mitered. Okay, that's two forty. Let's say that the easiest way to think about it is two forty five degrees coming together to form you know the 90 degree like in a picture frame in a picture frame yeah yeah so you perfect 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 example perfect example the miter saw itself is a a a saw that has the ability to cut angles in it and it usually has some kind of a depends what kind you are there's sliding bevels and Mm -hmm. things like that there's a whole series of different ones but it allows you to cut very precise angles into the wood even right down to just 90 degree angles which is what i was referring to when i talk about framing so i use i use mine a lot just in 90 degree but it gives you a very very precise cut it allows you it's it does have a bed like a table saw except it you would call it a linear bed meaning it's long Mm -hmm. it's generally designed to cut long pieces of stock uh not broad pieces of stock so you're not cutting plywood on it you're cutting pieces that are what probably 12 inches and less maybe it depends on the size there's different sizes that's about right but it's generally going to be smaller it's mostly for first for, for tr- really it's a trim saw is really what it is yeah um, but you can adapt it for other applications yeah. as well you just you know to, to me it's just when you when you use something like that and you get real nice miters and cuts it really does add a lot of professionalism to the look at the end of the at the end of the project uh, otherwise you just you know i've <laughs> Over the years, I've tried to do it by hand. Um, I know there's guys out there, and they'll probably write to me and say, "Oh, you know what? You're not you're not the craftsman, that kind of thing." Oh my goodness! But you know, <laughs> no, uh, I'm no, not. I'm not. As a matter so, of fact, yeah. I'm a handyman. So I don't, I'm, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm not anxious. A- <laughs> you know, so I don't have the patience sometimes. But you know, when you're doing crown molding and all those kind of things, that you just you know something like this just really adds to the the look at the end of the at the end of the project is it's is unmatched yeah it really is i mean even even just trimming out a door which is relatively Absolutely. simple i mean the 45 degree angles are relatively simple um which is what you use on a door frame right yep. generally yep. Not, around you know, windows and around windows and around almost everything is a 45 mm-hmm. degree on, on a some type of a kind of flat stock we'll call it might have some some motion to it or some some contour to it but it's basically flat stock but the 45 degree angles when you get it done right there's no gaps you don't need as much caulk it just looks better it's just a better better job and then um, you can just go from there what other applications are there for a miter saw john well you know i when i use mine i i use it i i'll cut a lot of different materials with it now i don't really i don't generally change out the blade on that thing not too often no but uh there's a lot of new materials that that have uh, that have hit the market that we use for a lot of wood rot, uh, the the plastic type of PVC that this thing is just uh, tremendous at cutting. Yes, very fast, um, fast and easy, and actually you almost have to change the blade out to do it really well. But I don't do it; I just do it with my regular one. Right, it seems to work fine. <laughs> I've never noticed a difference. Um, and somebody will write me on that one too. Oh, you need to put the special tooth blade on there. I'm sure we'll we'll hear it. But you can cut metal with them too. I have seen. Yeah. I've I've put metal blades on mine in the past. Absolutely. Um, if I'm doing a big run, uh, generally. Yeah, you know. You know. I, so so to to that to, to that point, Larry, is that you know um, if you're doing if you're if you're doing plumbing and if, if you're actually working with regular pipe. Regular pipe PVC or no regular steel pipe. Steel pipe. Yep. Um, if you're cutting things like that, 
uh, boy, have at it with that thing. Yep. Put Does a metal blade on it Put and just go through, it. and it's it's nice and quick and clean. Yep. Super. All right. Cool. Anything else on miter saws? Price range. How much? What kind of money are we looking at? Um, you know, well, it's here here once again, uh, any anywhere from probably 130 bucks to, you know, sky's the limit. Buy a decent one. There's going to be a difference of uh, of the quality components. Let's say of how that how the saw itself is held on its base. Yes. And also the precision. For accuracy. Yeah, and a locking, lock, good locking mechanism on the angles and things like that yeah. is, is kind of critical. So it's not worth to save, it's not worth saving, uh, you know, 20, 20 or 30 bucks. Uh, you know, sp- spend the money, get a good one. You won't be, um, you know, dissatisfied with the uh, with the results. Good one probably starts, what, about 250 Decent one? Oh, yeah. Maybe oh, yeah. A I more. mean, there's all kinds of, you know, there's all kinds, you know, the sliding ones, more of a radial you know an arm type of thing where you can cut bigger pieces of wood right, you know, right. which uh, i wish i i wish i had right now because uh i've i have run into that situation where especially when you're cutting on an angle uh you lose you lose distance on the wood right and that pesky physics or no geometry yeah. excuse me yes Oof. Yes, and and that was you know that that that's kind of thing you might want to think about because if you're working with two by sixes and two by twelves, then Makes a difference. you're gonna you're gonna it's gonna make a big it's gonna Makes make a, a big, big difference. difference. So yeah. you'll see these things they're they're sitting on like a, it looks like two rails, two round rods, and you you just slide that thing out. It's a, it's a really a nice piece of equipment. Yep. So, all right, well, outstanding. Um, we had a we wanted to discuss a little bit about cleanup. Yes. So, you know, if you're using these kind of tools. I don't care if you're using these tools, if you're doing anything around the right, house, in my opinion. Right. But you're, it's it's going to get messy. And one of the things, and I need to do, I need to buy a new one, okay? And that is a shop vac. Um, these things are great. <clears throat> so differentiate a shop vac away from, what's the difference between a shop vac and your vacuum that you clean your house with? Well, they're me- they're, they're meant to be very powerful and they pick up just about anything. You don't want to run nails, screws, uh, metal shavings, anything like that through your vacuum. Right. You know, so you can, you know, don't even think about that. And don't think about the cat. Oh, sorry. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> or the dog. But, uh, yeah, these the shop vac's strong enough to pull out all the, uh, all the coins out of your uh, couch. That's right. <laughs> especially now you know especially now that the uh the holidays are coming up that's right yeah it's a great way to great way to make a little extra money um what's one of the other mo- almost all shop vacs that i've seen also do what john they pick up water or liquid don't they that is a good point um yeah so they're known as wet and dry and you can pick up water so if you have a flood if you have a leak there is nothing like having a shop vac to uh, just pick it d- up d- quick. Pick it up, pick quick. it up quick, and and get that mess out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I had a neighbor of mine who's had a leak in their basement, and she came over crying, and you know, what am I going to do? And I turned off the water, ran back over there with my shop vac, and sucked about fifty gallons of water out of her uh, basement in no time. In no time. In no time. And yeah. I had a small vac. You know, I got a small old vacuum, and it just it worked great, but. You know, it seemed like I was 
running out the door every every couple of minutes. <laughs> right. throw, you know, that that's a lot filled of water. Up. It was a lot. It was a, <laughs> lot, a lot of water. water. It was a lot of water, but you know, it really saved that basement because it got it out of there before it before that, it got be, it too far in. That's yeah. correct, because you know when water hits, um, it's going to start to climb up walls and everything. Yep. You know, osmosis, right? And it's uh, gonna, there. You go with scientific yeah, terms again. Go again. Look at that. Oh, man, it's oh, <laughs> So you know, it it will just keep wicking up. So uh, yeah, that's a that's a good point, though. That's that's a good a very good uh, application for that. Yeah, so it, point being, it's a very versatile. Um, yeah. It's very, very versatile. Right. Generally, my experience has been they come with two hose sizes. One is like one and seven eighths or something like that. The other one's like two and a half, or it's it's in that mm-hmm. range. It, it, they come in two sizes. There's a bigger mm-hmm. one and a smaller one. I personally have the bigger one. Uh, you can choke it down to the smaller size. Um, but my shop vac, I've got a, a pretty big one. What, John, let's talk about some of the differences in size. What are the differences in size in shop vacs? And what does it mean to a person besides storing the freaking thing? Well, yeah, so it's, it's really, it's really they, they come as horsepower ratings. Um, and that's, you know, when, 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 when you folks go out and you look at these things, they, they'll, they'll generally be from less than a horsepower all the way up to, you know, five or six five horsepower. Or six, yeah. And those are pretty good size. That's a that's a pretty good size motor in there. And the other thing that they do is is they can reverse them if you put the hose on the other side and you can use them as a blower. blower. That's right. So I know that there's a lot of applications of, you know, be able to blow out your gutters with them, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. But uh, we'll talk about electric blowers later. But anyway, keep going. But uh, that that is that is uh, that is how they're rated is really is the uh, as a horsepower rating. So, so and then they get you know then there's the size of the uh, the, the canister the, size the canister yeah how big is it right yep and how much stuff does it pick up right and they come anywhere for, at least the ones I've seen anywhere from about like a maybe a half a gallon or a gallon size pretty small all the way up to like what twenty five gallons or oh or, yeah well there's some they, you can stick on fifty five gallon drums I right, mean which right, are right. huge but right right. And I think those those are basically the big differences. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about was just the size, because the size is the, the horsepower is dependent upon the size of the canister, largely, largely, not always, um, but generally on the size of the canister. The bigger the canister, the more horsepower you get, uh, and and thus the more ability to to pick up great volumes of stuff. So, like John was talking about when he was vacuuming up water. He had a relatively small canister. If you were doing a lot of water vacuuming, you'd really want a big canister because water picks up very, very quickly, and you fill that thing up. And it does, by the way, shut off because it has a float valve in there that shuts that thing off um, before it gets too far in. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. Yeah, um, but if you get one, I, I'll just I'll just say this about it: is if you get one, make sure that it does have the ability to to pick up water. Yeah, most it's really them, a plus. most of them do because. You're going to find yourself, if you ever have an emergency, this thing is invaluable to, to uh, mitigate that. Yep. And, and it's not only emergencies. I mean, sometimes, I mean, I find myself doing it to pick up just spills. We'll, we'll just call it. Yeah. If it's out, I pick up a right. spill. You know, it's just, it's just easy. Um, it's just simple. One of the things that I wanted to discuss about them is they do come with filtration systems. Uh, and so there's a multiple, not multiple, there's a large number of different filters that you can get for these things. And it all depends on what you're actually trying to pick up. So they have what, call, what they call general purpose filters, which are things for like sawdust and, and metal shavings and things 
things of, of big caliber. If you're going to vacuum up a lot of, say, drywall dust or something like that, you want to get a filter that is designed for drywall dust because it, the drywall dust will pass through that general filter and it will ruin your motor on your on your um, vacuum. And it also just pushes the dust back out in the air. So you kind of end up creating more of a mess if you don't buy the right uh, right. filtration and for filter a, for it and that's a and that's a good point because uh one of the things you really don't you really have to be careful with is especially if you're picking up concrete dust concrete oh. dust will eat up a eat up a motor yep and uh if you have the wrong filter on it that that motor is not going to last right. at all so. And they also make HEPA filters for them as well. So a HEPA filter is the biggest. It's 99.9% filtration or 99.8% filtration. If you have to pick up any kind of hazardous material, anything like that, lead, uh, you know, anything that's dusty that's potentially hazardous, HEPA filters will actually take that out of the air and leave it in the in the container. It'll, it'll collect uh, mold and allergens and dust and all that kind of stuff and won't get through. What are the downsides yeah. to using those tighter filters, John? Well... I, you know, they clog. One of the do- yeah, they they clog and they're expensive. Yep. So if you're using them for the wrong application, you're kind of throwing your money away on on that. Um, but if you're using them for the right application, they're they have the, they have that purpose. Right. And when you're vacuuming liquid too, yeah, generally take the take filter those off. filters off. Yep. Take the filters out, and you know the instructions. You know the other thing that's really nice, and so if any of you folks out there have a shop, one of the nice things about about a, uh, a shop vac like that is that the amount of uh, you know suction that these things can create you can you can use you know PVC and pipe pipe around your shop and put the va- the vacuum cleaner on one side of the PVC and you have access to vacuum all over your shop it's without really moving cool. that without moving without that moving canister. that yeah. without moving the canister so you can just plug in anywhere and it's you know PVC pipe is you know is cheap so you can you know just Plug run it, it around you, your, and you've got your custom shop. vacuum, right? Exactly, and you can make little, uh, you know, vacuum, you know, restrictions and and uh, and boxes and things like that. Where if you do some occasional, uh, you know, painting or anything, you have you know, kind of a downdraft table. There you go. It'll suck a bowling ball out of the closet. I've heard. It's they're powerful. <laughs> All right, so that's a little bit on shop vacs. What else yeah. do we think is important, John? Well, you know, the only thing I had on my list, and and I know that you've used it, um, is uh, is is a router. So, you know, Larry, what do you, you know, tell us a little bit about your experience with uh, with using a router? I know that you uh, you just had some some door work. Yeah. So a router is designed to basically make we'll call it deep cuts, and and it's designed to cut at specific depths. So what it is is it's a rotary blade. It basically is a round blade. It, you can cut in many many multiple different shapes with a router. You can do like all your trim work and things are cut by router blades. They're just cut in a factory usually on a router blade. Um, but what I've used it the most for, I have a handheld router that I take with me out on the job. It happens to be cordless, so it works really well. But when when let me ask you this, folks. Have you ever had a door where the deadbolt does not shut? It, it catches the door as it goes in? This is where I use a router probably 
nine out of ten times. Mm -hmm. So I'll take that hole and I'll make that hole a little bit bigger with my router. I set the depth to the depth of the of the actual where the bolt goes in, and I can cut with with great precision. Actually, I can cut Very with great easy. precision, cut that thing right out, and you're and then we fix it. It goes right back to working the way it's supposed to. Um, generally, it's generally they haven't worked from when they installed the door nine out of ten times. At least that's been my experience. And so you know, if the guy had had a router, he would have had it fixed up from day one. Um, but that's what I use them for. I also use it for if I have to remove large quantities in, in like thin amounts. Say, you know, if I'm going down to an eighth of an inch or something, I can take out large areas. Or if I have to set up, uh, I also use it for hinges on doors too. I have a jig that actually will take out the hinge mount, makes it the perfect depth of the hinge. In goes the hinge, done. Yeah, and these things and these things come with a, a bunch of different tips. There's a a boatload of these things. A boatload. That makes a different uh, shape profile yep. on a piece of wood. Uh, and when you look around your house, you'll you'll see you'll see all kinds of fancy little nuances on the side of your wood and carvings and things like that. Those are those are done with a router. Um, you know, and and you can take a router, you can buy a table for the router so it actually comes up through the bottom and you can run you can run wood over that router right you can create your own trim work and it's uh it it works it works like a like a charm these things are these things are invaluable if you're doing a lot of a lot of trim work doing doors anything like that anything where you have to get a precision depth cut absolutely and and of limited you can use you can make we had talked earlier about dados you can take a dado and you can cut a dado in if you need to make a you fine grab joint. It, mortise and mortise and all and tenons and all those yep. kind of things can be cut very very easily with these yep and uh, i use them to make you know some furniture and and things like that uh so i'd encourage everybody to take a look at uh you know take a look at a router price range well, here once again, <laughs> I know it sounds like a broken record, but <laughs> it's a broken record. But these things are, you know, they'll, what we have yes. for, because for our job, right? We have we have cordless ones, and our ours are more um, what you might refer to as a um, a trim router, so that uh, there's, it's smaller, it's a little lighter duty, and then you can get some bigger big routers to do heavy heavy big, heavier heavy jobs, work, right? Um, that you might want to put on a table and, and those kind of things. So they go from, your question was how much? So they go from anywhere from, you know, 60 bucks to... Many you know, hundreds. Six, many, many hundreds. Maybe in the thousands. Right, right. So, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's a little bit of what I think the price range is. You know, I would say for a really decent router, it's probably about 150 bucks. Yeah, that's about right. Our cordless ones are pretty good. They were They're, they were they were sub 100. They were sub 100 and they work th this thing works great. Yep. You know, for for what it's intended to do, it has saved us a lot of time on a on a job site, you know. We we did that threshold, you know, and I just turned that edge of that that piece of oak over uh that sharp edge and and routed that down like crazy it turned out great turned out great so john's referring yeah. to we did a job together where we were actually replacing a door threshold we actually replaced a lot it was a long story but anyway we replaced a door threshold and we put a piece of oak under it and as you know oak boards have a very sharp edge well to take that edge off you you're faced with a couple of options one is you could sand it uh that would take this piece was what about six feet long five feet long it yeah. was pretty long um 
so for quality, for quality, both combination of quality and speed, John took the router and just ran a, a rounding edge down the edge and, right. and just put a beautiful round edge yeah. all the way down. Came out, it looked like it was right off the the saw, you know, right off the saw that way. It looked perfect, yeah. and it would have taken you probably two hours to do it with sand with sanding. And it wouldn't have looked half. And it wouldn't then. have looked anywhere near as no, good. Right. Uh, in this case, it took him about ten minutes maybe, and that includes setting up the router, which probably took right. more time than the actual yeah. cut. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's some of the things that you can do with the router. Mm-hmm. And so it also brings, you know, actually it brings us to our next topic because we were just talking about sanders. Got to have some kind of way to sand, right? Right. Ab- absolutely. For the homeowner and, and for most projects. Now, in all my experience, I've gotten away with uh, a belt sander and a dual action sander or a random orbit sander, if you will. Uh, and then I've just had like a little what I used to refer to as a jitterbug. Yep. And so these the, are power these sanders. These are po- these are power yeah. sanders and they accomplish almost all of the tasks that you that you probably need. I use I have a cordless uh, dual action sander, random orbit sander that is tremendous. That thing I use that all the time and it it does a tremendous job. And this is a sander that goes around in a circle but it also kind of dances itself back and forth. So you really want to start these things. You've got to put them on the on the work first, and then start them up. And they just they work great. A belt sander is just that. It's just it's what a, it says. It's, it's a, a belt. It's got a big belt. And it goes around in a big loop, and it's designed to take off a lot, a lot of, material of material quickly. Yep. Uh, I've used that. Um, you know, you'll see that on flooring. You'll see that you know on on big projects that uh, that you really want to remove. Uh, a lot of material quickly. Right. So, you know, one's designed for more of a finishing. The other one's designed to really, really get down dirty. shape, if you want to right. call it that. Yeah. Right. And sanding, you know, so sanding encompasses a lot of different different things. So if you're, I, I use, I have a, a, what do I have? What would you call it? Just a random orbit? It's not an orbital sander. It's just a regular vibrating sander. Right. Right. And I use that a lot for just finishing drywall. Um, it allows me to get get in with I, I hand sand it first usually with with it and then I'll just do a finish sand on it with with the uh, with the sander. It just speeds things up a lot. You can do a lot of a lot of sanding. The best sanding can be done by hand, but that's at very very fine levels. When you want to take off a lot of material rapidly, yeah. that's what we're talking about getting into into a finishing sander. And and the orbitals that John's talking about will actually do fantastically fine work. It depends upon the yeah. It, absolutely, and it depends upon what kind of uh, what kind of paper that you attach to it. Right, the so actual got, sand I've paper got, itself. I've got sandpaper all the way to twelve thousand grit, and uh, so you can really do some polishing with something like that. But uh, most of you, you know, into around the home, you know, one hundred twenty sixty to three hundred twenty grit, and you're good to go. And you're good to go. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for our tools edition. Is there anything else we wanted to add, John? No, I think uh, I think that's it. I mean, like you said, I think we could go on for hours and hours <laughs> on, on tools. On for and, days. And we've uh, <laughs> we've we've gone now for 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 quite some time right now, and uh, just wanted to uh, you know say have a have a merry Christmas here, and you know take a take a look at some of these tools. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, if you've enjoyed this podcast and have derived some value from it, here's four things you can do. One, tell your friends about this podcast. Two, hit subscribe on your podcast player. While you're there, leave us a review. 
Three, subscribe to our newsletter by going to handymanprosradioshow.com and click on the subscribe button. We'll inform you of upcoming events, shows, and give you actionable tips for maintaining your home and property. And four, send us an email with your questions to questions at handymanprosradioshow.com. That's handymanprosradioshow.com. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week on the Handyman Pros Radio Show. Thank you.